Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Here's what I want you to hear. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I Work For Him is all about shifting your paradigm, my paradigm, Martha's paradigm, as to how we look at the workplace. Each one of us has been doing business the way we do business. But is it the way Christ would do business? Do we have the same? Do we have the attitude towards our, uh, our coworkers and employees, the way Christ would? Do we love them unconditionally? Are we bringing them hope each and every day? Do we pray for them? Do we look for opportunities to lift them up in the workplace? That's what Romans twelve two is talking about. It says don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they're self centered. They're sinful. It's not where we're supposed to be. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's really the paradigm of Christ following, to change, to let God transform you and change the way you think. Martha, why do we do the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable? Well, because we really want to, number one, talk about things and have conversations about things that are relevant to the listeners. So um, we can only come up with so many ideas, and we have met a lot of amazing people that have amazing stories, and some we don't know. And so we love the opportunity to open up the phone lines and have people call in and share maybe what God's doing in their workplace, how they are looking at things differently, and what some of the challenges maybe are. 
or they just don't know how to address a situation. And we can just have a discussion about it. We don't see ourselves as experts, but we love to delve into topics and just take what we have learned and see how we can apply those biblical principles to a situation. And they can call in the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Operators are sitting by. That's right, they're sitting by. You know, Martha, you and I just bought into a business. We just became partners with another Christian couple. And we're not going to talk about, we're not rolling that out yet. Sometime in September, everybody will find all about that. But, you know, we're getting to put into practice everything we've really learned these last six years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we've really learned about applying, connecting our faith into our workplace. And it's exciting. And it will be like we'll have our own incubator for I work for him. That's a good way to look at it. And it's kind of freaky. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, all the things we've learned will really transform the way we do business and the way we have done business and really have a, a great reflection on our Heavenly Father. I know that we're much more consciously thinking about and praying about the actions that we do take and the um, way that we approach things to make sure that we're doing it from um, – God's perspective and in a way that he's directing us, not Jim and Martha directing it. All right. So we've got, uh, I, I know we've got a caller coming in, but while we're waiting for Jose to figure out what they're calling about, whether it's about the book or whether they've got a question for us, Martha, we had one. We've actually had a lot of comments about our work situation. Yes. So you, why don't you just lay it out? Well, it's just funny because as, um, well, when we lived in Minnesota, we had several businesses that we ran together and we loved doing that. And we are going back to this pers- this uh, situation where we'll be working together in a business and doing that on purpose and intentionally. <laughs> and so when I tell people that, people often I get this, they, they turn their head sideways, sideways and they look at me and they go, is that good? And to me, that's just such a funny question because we look forward to it and we um, really complement each other in the workplace. And I believe that we've really learned how to work well together and to utilize each other's gifts, talents, and abilities. And um, But it's so funny because people look at me like, really, you want to do that? You want to work with Jim and, you know, have those responsibilities Those are people that together? don't know me and love me like you do, baby. That may be true, or they're just analyzing their own life and going, my goodness, I can't imagine. But I know a lot of husbands and wives live in different worlds. You know, one may be in the medical world and one may be um, a mechanic. Well, they can never imagine, you know, how that would even meld. Well, and I want to talk more about this because we really, we work very well together because you complete me. And that's not just a great little line, but it is a good line. You complete me, baby. <laughs> hey, we've got a caller. Randy's calling in from Tampa. Randy, welcome to I Work For Him. Hello. Thank you. I just wanted to share quickly how the Lord uses me, and I want to give praise uh, to God for all that he does through my, using me. And um, am I, are you with me? I am. I absolutely. Just oh, listen. Sorry, it was no, go quiet. ahead. Yeah. Cool. And so one of the things I found out, uh, when I first when when I was first saved, I was on fire for the Lord, and I was a nuisance is what I was. Because mm. uh, <laughs> I was so excited about what God did for me, and I just wanted it for everybody. But I wasn't doing it God's way. I wasn't using it the way He designed me to do it. So one of the things I've noticed at my workplace is God has shown me to first meet people where they're at and um, and converse with them and then to win them over so I could find out where they're at. And some of the ways that uh, God has used me to do that 
again, it's just by asking them, how are you doing? How are things today? And when people ask me, well, how are you doing? I always say, well, I'm doing outstanding, praise God. And that opens the door mm-hmm. to say, well, why are you outstanding? And then um, um, just share why I'm doing so well. You know, I say, I thank God that I have a job today. What a great opportunity. So many people not working. And uh, another way is just, again, just listening to them and then coming in and, and sharing with them how a lot of times what people are going through, I've experienced or I'm experiencing. Sure. And Absolutely. And be able to share with them why, where does this peace come from for me or this comfort or this uh, assurance. And that's where I'm able to um, share in the workplace that it's my faith in Jesus Christ. And it's funny because I work for a large bank, and so we have to be careful what we say and how we say. And um, it's incredible how God uses it for me to be able to share Jesus in my life without um, imposing on anyone. It's it's an open conversation. And so I've learned the key thing is to meet people where they're at, um, and try to understand where they're at, and kind of the old, um, oh, I can't think of who it is. Well, Randy, I want to go back to your original point, because I really like what you had to say, because you're using relationships in order to give yourself an opportunity for evangelism. And what I really liked is what you said about the fact that when you ask somebody, how you doing, and you really mean it. And and eventually, in a relationship, if people know that when you you come up and say, hey, Randy, how you doing? And you say, well, I'm fine. And they're like, no, 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 Randy, how are you really doing? And they know that you really mean it. It really impacts people because they love to know that you truly care. And that's a great way just to open up doors, especially if you notice that that person that you're used to talking to, they look a little bit different today, and you notice that they're probably not just fine. Or they're truly fine in the in the, uh, the Hollywood sense, fine as freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So I like <laughs> mm-hmm. your approach, Randy. That's, that's a great, great approach. Have you ever had an opportunity because of that approach to just share deep down what Christ has done in your life? Oh, many times, and I praise God for that. It's all God, because um, uh, I'm afraid of the workplace. I used to be afraid of rejection, so it's all God. And yes, even in my own workplace, and even with other believers who um, are either lost or have, you know, confused, it's incredible how God will bring that opportunity. Like today at work, it's funny, I turn you folks on, and there's a lady at work that God showed me she's doing real bad. And when you folks said, are you praying for someone every day specifically? The Lord put in my heart to hand her a note before I leave work. That's awesome. I'm going to be praying for her over the weekend. And I know she's a believer, but God showed me she's going through something. And it's incredible how listening to you folks, the Holy Spirit said, make sure you give her a note and let her know you're going to pray for her mm-hmm. throughout the weekend. And that's... I know that's going to bring her back to God yeah. to well, trust him and, and God be glorified. Randy, I want to thank you for calling and I want to challenge you. Next time that woman looks like she's having a rough day, just ask, not only can you pray for her, but if you can pray with her. We've got to go to a break, Randy, but thanks so much for calling and, and tune in every day. And if there's ever an opportunity for you to call in again on, a, on an I Work for Him Friday to share a testimony like that, love to hear from you again. Thanks so much. God bless you, brother. Bye. All right. Martha, I loved Randy's approach in that just asking a question, but really meaning you wanted to hear the answer. 
Yeah, he when he said meet them where they're at, that means he has a relationship with them. And I think you hit that key right on there when you said the word relationship, because if we ignore somebody and then notice that there's something wrong with them, you haven't built a foundation for them to trust you. But just caring about them on a daily basis, it doesn't take much time to really show that you are genuine and that they can come to you and and you will be able to tell when they're struggling. You and I are going to be in business together again, once again. And we really have been working together since the late 80s. But we had a break here this last 12 years where we both had separate jobs away from each other. And people think, really, you're going to work with Jim? That's a good thing? And I think what's amazing, if you – marriage, God designed marriage. And really, you know, up until 1900, the majority of husbands and wives did work together. It was an agrarian economy. You know, all about agriculture, if you didn't know what agrarian meant. And, Edward. And, Big word for a Friday. Agrarian. It's only four syllables, though. Okay. <laughs> and yes, I have to count my fingers every time I do stuff like that. That's what I learned in second grade. Uh, but so people used to work together all the time. Mm-hmm. And God designed it that way. I mean, God picked you for me perfectly. We are a perfect complement. We're completely opposite, yet we work really well together. And in business, you love all the things that I don't necessarily love. And I love all the things that you definitely don't love. And we work so well together. I'm excited. I am excited to have somebody come alongside of me. And my life will be so much easier. Because right now I do a lot of stuff that I'm just okay at. Well, I think that, um, I don't know if it'll be easier, but it, at least we'll be in it together. Well, I'm excited. But, you know, when we get when we get a salesperson and when we get an, an assistant that is just dedicated mm-hmm. to us, it's going to be awesome. It is. and But I think that's, you know, it doesn't come without its... Um, learning and trials and stuff too. So a lot lot of prayer prayer and knowing how to handle ourselves in business as a married couple is important too. But I, I love the, just the, the wheels that are turning in people's heads when they look and say, really, that's what you want to do? Because they just can't imagine doing work alongside their spouse. So my workplace changes. Mm -hmm. What, what, what should I be doing? I mean, how can I How can I still, if I can't go listen to your show and, and learn how to take my faith into the workplace, how do I take my faith into my retirement? What does that look like? Well, I think that, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it's still a seven-day week, and we still, when we leave... Oh, so it doesn't change? It but does, every day is a Saturday. Well, yeah, they may get confused on what a weekend is. And Neither of our like parents that. know what day of the week is. <laughs> but I think that's so cute. Um, but, but it, but cute. My, but you my, hear that, Dad? Martha thinks you're cute. Oh, I do. I do. But my thoughts are just along the lines of when they leave church on Sunday, they're entering their mission field any as well. Just because Monday morning they're not getting up and putting on a suit and going to the office or, you know, uniform and going out um, to build something, that doesn't mean that they're not going out into their mission field. And everything that they can do, every hobby that they have, Every um, encounter that they have and their opportunities to be involved in things are way expanded. Um, Those are the places where they can touch people's lives and use the experience that they've had in their work. That can even be the bridge to then talking about their faith. You know, about a year and a half ago, I had a chance to speak at my mom and dad's church in front of their small group, about 40 people, uh, some of them retirement age, some of them not quite retirement age. And I just challenged them because here, here's something. If you're if you're close to retirement or you're already in retirement, you happen to be listening today to I Work For Him Radio Roundtable. Here's, here's the biggest need in our society today is for old people. And, and if you're 65, no, you're not really that old, but we need old people mentoring young people. We need men 
mentoring young men. We need women mentoring young women. We need husbands and wives mentoring young husbands and wives. There is such a huge ministry out there of people needing, desperately needing a solid biblical example in their lives. There's new Christian couples who they can't go to mom and dad because they weren't Christ followers. They need an older couple in their life. You know, Martha and I are only in our late 40s, but we're in a young married class on Sundays because we're just the old people. And I was just going to say, you put a smile on my face when you said old people, because to us, that is a term of endearment, because we really understand that there is knowledge and wisdom that others have gained that they can share that may save us a little pain and heartache. And uh, so we, you know, that's that really is a term of endearment for us, and we really do mean that. Right. So, so don't discount. Just because you're retired does not mean you're put out to pasture. I would challenge you, don't retire just to go play golf or to go travel around the world. That's, some of that stuff is nice, but if you're going to play golf, do it intentionally. Bring out some young people that you can play golf with and share your testimony. Share some business stuff with them. If you go traveling, be intentional in how you impact people's lives as you travel. But if you're in your when you're in your neighborhood, be present in your neighborhood. Start a Bible study. Start ministry. See how you can help people because maybe there's people older than you that you can help. But I'm telling you, if there's younger babies in the in the neighborhood, you might be able to help these young couples just by babysitting and being a, a an outside. A, what do you want to call it? A, 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 a like a rent a grandma grandpa kind of deal. What, what <laughs> rent a like? granny. Yeah, rent a granny. <laughs> rent a grandma. Gra- grandpa. But the ministry that you can have in retirement. I've never met a retired person that wasn't busier than I am. Mm. They're always very busy. So be intentional with it. And if you've grown in business and you're retiring from business, you've got so much wisdom. Do not let it go to waste. Take it back to the workplace. SCORE is one place for retired executives to to, uh, invest in not money-wise, but invest your talent into the lives of young entrepreneurs who are starting businesses. And that's a situation where the entrepreneur actually wants that investment. So they're looking for that right, help. They're reaching out for it. And they're wanting it as well. And I was just thinking about, you know, there's so many ministries that can use um, your expertise and it's just researching it and looking for it, but doing it with purpose and saying, you know what, I do not want to let all of this wisdom and experience go to waste. I want to invest it in the next generation or in some hurting people and um, raise them up as well in Jesus Christ. Well, and I want to challenge you, you know, Martha and I aren't anywhere near retirement age, and I don't know that we'll ever get to retire, but, you know, and retire in the American sense of the word, but we're empty nesters now. We've got a lot more free time than people that are our age that have kids still at home. So there are people that we can help out now. We don't need to wait till we've got all gray hair, or in my case, all no hair. We can actually start <laughs> investing in people today, whether we're doing marriage mentoring, whether we're just encouraging people, whether we're just helping out our older neighbors. We're, it's just be a servant today. Retirement is such an opportunity. Well, I think the point is that um, having a relationship with Jesus Christ is 24-7, no matter where you are at right. in life, whether you are a student in high school, whether you are in college or in a career or in retirement, Christ should be impacting all of those areas of your life. If you're pursuing success and you're, you're going, well, I'm just not sure, e- even though I feel like I should be successful, or what I said five years ago is success and I've reached that, but I still don't feel successful— just to remember that success is elusive. You never grab on to success. If you grabbed on to success and you finally reached it and you could take a deep breath and relax, well, then Bill Gates wouldn't go to work. <laughs> a Can't, lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. Donald Trump wouldn't be running for president. 
He's got $10 billion. He's told us that several times. Bill Gates got $72 billion. You know, what do you do with it all? Why do you go to work? Well, you go to work because you, you, you find purpose in your work. And we find purpose in Christ, and we can find that purpose in Christ no matter what we do. Halftime will help you understand the shift in your paradigm from success to significance. And I'll give away three copies. If you want to call in today and get a free copy of I Work or a free copy of I Work Frame, absolutely you can listen to us for free every day. <laughs> if you want to get a free copy of Halftime, mm-hmm. call into the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. All right, Martha, we've talked about today, we, we had a call, Randy called about uh, just how he's impacted his workplace just by asking people how they're doing. And meaning it. Mm-hmm. Then we talked about, hey, in retirement, what kinds of things you can do to really make an impact in your retirement years. And then we've also just talked about, hey, we work together and it's really not that weird. We <laughs> like it. I mean, it works well. It does. And you well, know, everybody just, knows when we're on the radio together, those are the best shows. Well, it's a lot of fun. And, and God has definitely given us that as a desire in our hearts. And so, um, yeah, being able to share that with people and and encourage them because a lot of entrepreneurs start off just doing something well and then somebody's saying, hey, that should be a business. Well, then the next thing you know, you need help with it because you are not gifted in everything that is necessary to really make that a business. So then you kind of usually pull your spouse into it. And um, so that happens naturally without a lot of people thinking about it. And maybe then they uh, don't know what to do with that or they don't get along. Well, there's a great book about that called The E-Myth. And Mm -hmm. and really what's funny is that, you know, let's just say that you're working for Bob right now and you're really good. You're a really good plumber. You're a really good plumber and you're working for Bob. Bob is the head plumber. You're the plumber. And you and there's a lot of money in plumbing, by the way. So if you want to be a plumber, an electrician, an air conditioner, technician, car mechanic, huge money in those things. And there's not enough people moving into those uh, things today, those uh, jobs today. So you're a really good plumber. You think I'm tired of making Bob money. So I'm going to go start my own business being a plumber. All right. So you decide you're going to be a plumber. Well, you go out there and you all of a sudden you realize, well, if I'm going to be a successful plumber, I have to have more plumbers. Well, the more plumbers you get, the less plumbing you get to do because you're running the business. Just because you're good at the technical side doesn't mean you're going to be a good business person. And in fact, if you're really good at the technical side, what you should do is find somebody that's really good at business and have them help run your business so you can do the really good technical stuff. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people just don't think about that because maybe they they are a good plumber and they didn't even think about the legalities of you know paying taxes and payroll and insurance and things like that. And you need to be up on those things, or you could lose your business very quickly. And then it's all for naught. So. Yeah, it's so it, it, running a business is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and if you're really good at doing your job. It doesn't mean you'll make a great entrepreneur, but we can talk to you about that all the time. And the E-Myth can help lead you that way. What, what you're dying That's to what say I was going to say. That it's, the E-Myth is the entrepreneurial myth. That's the oh, thinking you. about working on your business instead of in your business because so much of us, you know, we think we're just going to do the work, but then the business needs to be done. So it's a really good, it's almost like a manual. It is It is like a manual. It's written by Michael Gerber. Uh, it's, an, it's an older book, maybe 15 years old, but it's fantastic. It is like the encyclopedia 
on how to run a business. Doesn't have any biblical perspective on it at all. I've got lots of other resources that will do that for you, but this will help you understand that there's different roles within a business, and just because you're good as a technician doesn't mean you're going to be good as an entrepreneur. I'd like to thank Karen for calling in for the book today. Thanks for listening, and we'll get a, a copy of Halftime off to you well early next week. But thanks for listening, Karen, and thanks for calling in. Someone asked me the other day why I read my Bible. Hmm. What do I say? I want to hear your comment first. Okay. Well, I, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm curious as how they knew that the person read their Bible. So at least it's come up in conversation or maybe they read it at work uh, during lunch. Um, we don't really know that part of the scenario. Um, but what a great um, opportunity that somebody even noticed or knows because of conversation that you are reading your Bible and um, I, what do you say? Well, I think you just answer the question, why do you read your Bible? And I would hope that the answer has something to do with um, reading God's Word so that I can allow it to impact my life and make a difference there in ways that uh, help me to do my work more like Christ and be who Christ has called me to be. Well, and I think really what's important, when you when you finally get in a conversation with somebody about the Bible, ask them, have you ever read any of the Bible? And people mostly say, well, no. Even a lot of Christians say, well, no, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're going to be a Christ follower, you really should know what your Heavenly Father has to say, and you need to read the book more than once. And you need to read it from cover to cover, because if you only read bits and pieces, you're never going to get a full picture of his love for us. But I always get people having a conversation about the, the Bible, and I always challenge them and say, hey, would you be willing to read just a little piece of it. And I always challenge them to read the book of John. That's a little aside, but I want to just, if you can get somebody to read the book of John, they'll find out exactly who Jesus is. Well, because you can turn that question around. You can tell them why you read it and then say, you know, if you would ever be interested in reading it for yourself, um, I, number one, make it available. If they don't have one, if they don't have a Bible at home, which most homes in America have a Bible, but it may not be a translation that dusty. they understand. Oh, that's true. What do you or mean? it may be um, dusty, like you said. Well, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, different translations, and they've all been different, translated from the original language for different reasons. Um, some were um, translated for the purpose of being read out loud, so the English flows much like a newspaper does and things that you and I read on a daily basis. Um, so you want to find, make sure that they're reading a translation that they understand, but, but engage them in that conversation. Say, well, this is why I read it. Um, would you like to ever read it? And if you would, and you don't have one, let me get a Bible for you. And then, like you said, we always encourage them to start in the book of John because it's a very good picture of why Christ came and what he came to do and you know, without saying, well, you need to read these five books and then go to this one and then go to, the, you know, don't make it yeah, overwhelming for them. Start with that book of John. Yeah. But, and if they've, and, and I always ask people, you know, if they've got the King James version of the Bible and they're not really, they didn't grow up in church, I encourage you to get them. Uh, the New Living Translation is a great new translation out in the last 10 years. Very easy to read, very easy to understand. You know, when people read King James and if they're not used to reading it and they read verily, verily, I say unto you, they're going to go, what is a verily? Mm-hmm. I mean, people just don't get it. So someone asked me the other day why I read my Bible. What do I say? Hey, I read my Bible because I became a Christ follower. And they told me that this is the the life manual. The, the answer is the question, what's the meaning of life? That it's in here and that everything I need to know about life is within this cover between these books, Genesis and Revelation, and I need to read it so I can understand my Heavenly Father. And every day I read it, something new comes out, jumps out at me. 
that's why I keep reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's such a great answer, and hopefully that that will encourage that person to start thinking about it for themselves. You know, just a little sideline because I love the book industry so much. Is I don't know how many years ago, but you know when you hear about the top sellers in you know the New York the bestsellers, bestsellers yep. or yep. whatever. Years ago, they took the Bible off of that list because it was always on it. And so you weren't getting anything and the new. the New York Times didn't really care no, about that. And I don't know that that part is true. That may be your assumption. But I think the point was they weren't getting the next top 20 because the Bible was always there. The Bible has continued to stay up there. So even um, though there are a lot of electronic forms and phone apps and things like that, the Bible is being accessed and owned by people. We just need to get them to read it and encourage them with that. And you just made another good point. Hey, we want to invite you to call in. We've got a few minutes left of the show today, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. But you make a good point. When uh, we recommend that you get a paper Bible, don't just look at it on your phone. Here's why. Your Bible is a place you should make notes and underline things and make comments about how how the scriptures are talking to you. If you just have it on your phone and your phone drops in the toilet, which I've <laughs> known several ladies that have done that for some reason, they're more apt to do it than men, or it drops in a lake or whatever, and it's wrecked, what good is that to you? Well, and you know what? You want to pass it on. I want my father's Bible. I mm. want to. I want to be able to say. I want to see. My dad's got it notated every day. He's read a page of the Bible. He's got a date on it. That's I so want to cool. have that. Yep. Well, and we also heard somebody say something that was really interesting. If you have kids in the home and they see you with an iPad in your lap, they may think that you're watching a movie or that you are on Facebook when you're reading the scripture, but they don't know that. And so, being that visible testimony that this is my time I'm reading the Bible it there's just something very powerful about that yeah it is and so I and I would recommend listen, if you're listening today and uh, well if you're on the if you're listening to the show then you're listening <laughs> then they today. know they're listening you know, and whether this comes out in the archive 10 years from now or you're listening on podcasts on iTunes or or wherever you're hearing the show iHeartRadio, let's talk faith.com if you're a Christ follower you need to be reading your Bible and I recommend taking off bite-sized pieces every day a couple of chapters a day. and Or Martha and I did this the last several years, we're not doing it this year, is get the one-year Bible. It comes in how many different translations? It comes in several, and the one that we were reading was the chronological daily well, we did Bible. Both. We We've did one-year Bible a couple of years ago, and then we yes. did chronological last year, and the chronological one-year Bible was what well, was like revolutionary. Yeah, because it takes everything and puts it in historical um, order you can kind of tell we get excited about this, right? <laughs> well, I, want you read, I want you to read your Bible because it made a difference. But this put a picture. It people, made a picture for people me. People don't even know that this is available, but it puts it all in historical order. So you see the psalm that was written when certain battles were happening and it's in real life time. The prophets as it relates to the kings, the kings as it relates to the psalms. I mean, it it's all puts it together. And, and if you, you want to grow in your faith, you need to read your Bible each and every day. All right, you're listening to the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. One listener said, hey, how can I start a Bible study at work? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And if, um, you know, you have the opportunity to do that, um, or if you feel called to do that, really um, just talking with your coworkers and, and trying to get them intrigued in such a way that, you know, you're not saying, oh, we're going to delve into this um 
topic that may be too deep because you don't know where they're coming from, but just open up the Bible together and say, let's read a few verses and see what it has to say. Andy Stanley's got a lot of really great stuff that are like lunchtime Bible study setups, like mm. a 20-minute video. I took a sermon, they smack it down into 20 minutes, and they've got a, a study guide with it. He's got a ton of that stuff out there. That's northpoint.org or Northpoint. Yeah, it's north. Just go up to North Point, Andy Stanley. You find all kinds of great resources. But the, you got to find a find a Bible study, but keep it simple. You know, there may be just another person you know as a Christ follower. Just start at the two of you, and by you guys doing it, people will go, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And you say, "Hey, we're having a Bible study. Want to join us?" I'm like, "Okay, we can join you." And we learned today that we can make an impact on our workplace by just asking people, "Hey, how you doing?" And when they say, "I'm fine," instead of going, "Great, moving on," ask them, "Well, are you really okay?" Because if you get to know the people that you work with each and every day in your workplace, you'll know when they're lying. You'll know when things really aren't fine. You'll know when they're just going, yeah, well, I'm fine. I don't really want to talk to you about it or I'm embarrassed to talk about it. We need to go back and say, hey, are you really okay? People need to know that we care for them, which is why we're trying to challenge you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and commit to praying for your coworkers and employees, looking for ways to serve your coworkers and employees, look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace, all along being the best and brightest example of somebody in your position. Go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight and make that commitment because we're going to change this city for Jesus Christ. We're going to do it starting next week. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.